It could be just something personal. He spoke to your heart. It could be something you were seeing that pertains to the gathering. <laughs> you know, that's pretty cool coming from Piper because she knows her jams. She's got, a, she's got an ear for jamming sounds. I totally agree. And there wasn't much of any rehearsing. <laughs> Who else? Well said, Nicholas. If you didn't hear, Nicholas was saying he perceived that God was speaking through everyone and speaking to everyone. God delighting in being with us. Who else was impressed in their heart by anything? Anything come to your mind? Did you observe anything? Travis, I think it's hard to switch to words. Woof. Makes a lot of sense, Bob. Bob dropping it on us. Who else? Laura said she felt that there was a deepening in her heart. It's hard to express, but just a deepening. When you said that, you know, the wordplay that came to my mind was Harvel, Harvel, Hartwell, Hartwell. And then in the scripture it says, the heart of a person is like deep waters, but a person of understanding draws it out. And so... Laura, I believe that sensing it was personal for you. And the Lord's like, your well is deeper than you understand. And you don't understand how to draw it out, but the Scripture says the heart of a person is like deep waters, but a man of understanding draws it out. And Jesus looks at you and says, Laura, I'm the man of understanding. I'm going to draw out the deep. Anybody else? Robin said she enjoyed hearing Zion. I was kind of so-so about it. Connor said I loved hearing tambourines from the back of the room, which I have to say this now. Um, Aunt Debbie was planning on bringing um, the late, great Bob Neff's tambourine, my granddad, her father, and they couldn't find it. Right? Still didn't find it. So it's a missing tambourine. And I feel like the Lord is in that, actually. Uh, it's going to be found. Um, but <laughs> a tambourine showed up, and then we got several tambourines. But John Edward, you brought the, the tambourine. And uh, it just makes me think of how Granddad, he was not a musician. Um, he was never a worship leader like music. But whenever the music came on, I mean, he would rattle that tambourine like he was decades strong with that thing. It's like a, it was a little fish one, wasn't it? it was a, wasn't it a fish tambourine? Oh, was it round? Maybe there was also a fish one there. Yeah, okay, maybe there was a fish one there. Maybe you and I had a dream or something. In our <laughs> we remember the fish tambourine. 
But I, I think we're surrounded by the Lord. We're surrounded by the angel armies of heaven. But we're also surrounded by the cloud of witnesses. And I don't know how all that works. I know some people have um, uh, felt inspired by God that he, they've seen like how God has the cloud of witnesses, the saints from past, both our family um, who've believed in Jesus, family members, but also Isaiah, Paul, Jeremiah. So maybe, uh, maybe Bob Neff and Elijah were in the room tonight worshiping with tambourines and maybe Elijah had his chariot. <laughs> Anybody else have anything for we have Karis come and inform us? Trenton, I had no idea that was going on in your mind, but I want to tell you, I was praying for Davy at that point, and um, as soon as you started Hebrewish um, speaking up here, um, I turned and looked at you, and with my physical eyes, it's like you were covered in oil. And I, it wasn't like something that like I was like picturing in my mind's eye, like you were very, I, I tell this to Karis all the time. She's like, that's weird. You were creamy. You look like creamy. Um, so be encouraged, man. It's like the Lord's like, I'm all about this. And you were sensitive to his spirit to not, he didn't need that. He just, he just used you, man. I was like, I, I don't know if you noticed it, Davey, but I shook, man. I was like, whoa. Anybody else? Megan said she was impressed about how amazing it is to have Jesus as our friend, but our Lord. What was the last part you said? How well he takes care of us and how he loves us. All right, anything else? Well, um, the Bible talks about you know, acting in haste often can be associated with foolishness. So I don't want to act in haste with these words, but I really think we tapped into something tonight, um, not just a blessing tonight, but I think we stepped out into something where God's like, yeah, this is where I'm going with this community. Um, so I don't, I'm not sure, and I'm not ready to say, all right, get ready next Saturday, same thing. Um, but something. I think, I think the Lord has uh, gotten something going here. I, I, to use Tommy's analogy from a couple weeks ago, I think the key started the engine tonight. It wasn't just clicking. I think, oh, the car heart. I think, I think uh, the engine has started. I don't know what direction we're driving, 
I don't know how fast we're supposed to go, but Jesus, take the wheel. I don't know how the tune of that song goes, so don't judge me with how much it was off. I just know that there is that song out there. Years and years ago, I was just had a very clear, felt God-inspired petition that God would bring the drums to dwelling. And we've had some people pound on the djembe here and there um, and uh, play a little bit of drums. But when John Edward came to live with us at the beginning of 2021 and he started playing um, the rhythm occasionally for us. I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. And I often see John Edward in the same way that I saw Trenton tonight when he's playing the drum there, just like he's just with the Lord for our good. All right, anything else for Karis does announcements? Glad you guys, we got the engine started here. You guys started purring. All right. Um, Kara, I thought in uh, keeping with Tabernacle, Dave, would you mind um, singing the announcements tonight? <laughs> I'll, I'll start you off in, in proper pitch. Uh, <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> no announcement. <laughs> No, no, there's always something to say or sing. Okay. Friendsgiving is coming up next week. Where is it going to be? I'm, I'm quizzing everybody else. Adventure Serve Cafeteria or just that little building. Camp Kitchen or we, the old style calling mess hall. It's not really a hall, though. Camp kitchen. Two things when I think of when I think of that kitchen and uh, our first Friendsgiving of 2018. I think of the Ferraros who had been there for like a couple weeks at that time, and you guys brought the potato salad that was made out of cauliflower, right? And I was like, what an interesting and delicious dish. And I had like four servings of it. And I also think about that was the, the Sunday when Nicholas Jenkins showed up looking like that. Like some, your hair is so big, dude. It's not just long, it's big. <laughs> he showed up with that mane and the Lord knocked us on the ground physically and ever since then, uh, Nicholas has been hanging around. So celebrating five years here. So I look forward to our friends giving back in the camp kitchen. Yeah, so it's a good setting to invite somebody, um, a friend or family member. Yep, next Saturday at 5. That'll be our worship gathering. All right. So who have kid oversight tonight all right one verse i wanted to read to us and it's definitely in line with what we've been doing tonight and this was a foundational scripture passage for this ministry 
Amos 9.11. God speaking here. In that day, I will restore David's fallen tent. I will repair its broken places, restore its ruins, and build it as it used to be so that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that bear my name, declares Yahweh, who will do these things. I'm going to bring out a couple different translations. Um, In that day, I will restore David's fallen tent. The word there can be tent, tabernacle, booth, house. It's a structure. But it's not palace or castle. It's something simple, portable even. I will, re- I will repair its broken places, restore its ruins, and build it as it used to be. Now the Septuagint translates uh, this next part in verse 12. He says, I'm going to do all these things so that the remnant of men and all the nations that bear my name may seek the Lord. And the NIV has it translated here, so that they, the people may, or so that they uh, may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord who will do these things, declares Yahweh. First thing I want to point out here, listen to the element of sovereignty in God's power here. It's, he is declaring this, and he's in opposite of anemic mode here. He's in opposite of incapable or actionless mode. In that day, sovereignty, there's a moment in time, okay? God is not random. He knows the plans he has. He knows when and how. In that day, I will restore. He's not a man that he would lie. He's not a weakling that he would say, I will do this. He's like, ah, I just can't pull it off. Thought I could. He's not lazy and said, I will do this. You know what? I just, I don't don't feel like it. In that day, I will restore David's fallen tent, his fallen tabernacle, his fallen booth. Again, here he's making an emphasis. When he repeats something really close together, it's because he's like, look, pay attention to this. I think he's being so repetitive here because he knows that we busy humans, a lot of times in good Christian intentions, We'll read a Bible verse. All right, let's do it, God. We'll get her done. No, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build in vain. I will repair its broken places. And you could put in parentheses here, I will restore its ruins. I will build it as it used to be so that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that bear my name. 
declares Yahweh, this is how he ends it, declares Yahweh, who will do these things? The whole thing, except for one part where he says, this is why I'm doing it. Okay, we're going to get to the why in a second. But the whole thing, he's like, I will do this. I will do this. I will do this. I will do this. So that this will happen, declares me who will do these things. It's like, oh, the Lord wants us to know that he's going to pull this off so we don't have to take the pressure on ourselves to pull it off. Not by might, not by strength, not by wisdom, not by dedication, but by my spirit, says God. That's borrowing some verses from Zechariah. I don't completely understand this verse. I have looked into some context and some scholars' interpretations, and I understand a little bit of um, some of the things that uh, biblical and Hebrew scholars think that this means. I don't want to, like, reach out into the uh, ether and try to pull a bunch of things right now. I want to keep this simple. When God says, I will restore, there's, there's a day when I will restore or I will repair the fallen tent of David or David's fallen tent. What I want to say to us here, I d- by no means believe this is the full interpretation of this Bible verse. I believe it's so rich and applies to so many things throughout history. And, but I believe there's a personal application that is to our hearts right here. Because the very beginning, the inception, the seed of dwelling ministries, before we were even dwelling, we were Tabernacle of David get together and we would meet on Tuesdays and call them Tabernacle Tuesdays. A few of us in the living room back in 2014, a little over nine years ago, this, this started. And I didn't even understand really. I had a little bit of context where, okay, David's fallen tent. David had a tent in Jerusalem where there was constant worship through songs through prophesying, through creative poetry, through instruments. And there were a lot of people involved, even people that David financed, paid them to do this thing well. There was structure to it. There was also spontaneity. So in the beginning, when I finally got over my unbelief and my doubt about this call. I had to be rebuked by a prophetic voice in my life. I'll just say it real quick. I won't tell you the whole, it was over the phone though. And this prophetic voice said to me, and I knew it was the Lord speaking through him. And he was, the guy on the phone speaking to me was speaking as if the Lord was saying it. And he sighed, kind of like Jesus would sigh when he was like, guys, where's your faith? He sighed. The guy I'm talking to, he goes, Travis, 
else do you need me to do for you? And it was kind of like the Lord getting a little bit impatient with Moses. He's like, dude, do what I've asked you to do. Remember, you picked up the staff and the snake and, you know, the leprosy in your arm. What else do you need from me? This is me, burning bush. It's real. Um, I will say I, I didn't get any of those big signs. But the Lord has brought us to a greater place. He's called us to a greater place of faith. He says, I want you to believe and not see. Blessed are you who believe and not, don't see. So, after I got over my doubt about working with the Lord to raise up the Tabernacle of David ministry in Wilmore, Kentucky, I just said yes, and things kind of fell together. I didn't have some big plan. Like I said, we just gathered in a living room, Tabernacle Tuesdays, and we're off. And we just played music for about an hour. Sometimes we had Josh Kreider, uh, one of my dear friends, who would play the guitar. Sometimes we did playlists. And then we would share and pray afterwards what we felt God was speaking to us. Similar DNA to what we still have. So yes, a little bit of context to the tabernacle of David identity of us. But this is what I want to say to us now. This is what I believe God put on my heart to say to us tonight. And this is not primarily to be instructive tonight, although that's great when God instructs us and give us in, gives us insight. And some of you may pick up stuff like that. But I believe tonight God is actually here to just put something by his spirit into us. He doesn't need us to say, I will get the concept of the tabernacle of David. I will get the building plans and I will build it. He needs us to say, you will build it. You will restore it. You will do these things. He just wants agreement from us. Agreement does not require understanding when it comes to the Lord. You don't want to just agree to any concept any person says. But when it comes to the Lord, those disciples, they agreed with things that they had no idea. Like, well, you're the Lord. Nobody else has the words of, of eternal life. Yes. Yes, we'll stay. We're not going to run away. And I believe God's saying, look, I'm going to raise up the fallen tent of David, and you are the fallen tent of David. You personally. Connor is a walking tent of David. The New Testament calls the tent or the tabernacle, the temple, our bodies. Our bodies, our beings are the tent of God. And when we see that the tent of David has fallen, David represents, in all his imperfection, he represents pure-hearted God-seeking. He represents a whole lot more musical, you know, worship and stuff. But he's, God said, I made him a leader as an example, saying this is what I want from a homo sapien. This is what I want from a creature. He used Paul that way in the New Testament. And Paul said, look, 
imitate me. Sounds kind of like prideful, but Paul's like, the Lord's saying to imitate me. I didn't make myself. He made me as an example for you guys. I'm here to help you. This is what he wants in a creature. You don't have to do the same things I do exactly, but the core of how I live, Philippians 3, this one thing I do, I press on to know him. Psalm 27.4, David's heart. I just want to seek him. I want to be with him. We have fallen in that attempt, okay? Our tents have collapsed. God ordained this collapse. Jesus helped us with the collapse when he did the Beatitudes. He spoke the Beatitudes as a word of power that would cause us to fall and be broken to pieces on the cornerstone. He gave the law as a tutor to teach us man cannot do it. Humans cannot pull off the right-hearted life for God. We have failed, we have fallen, and Jesus' words took the law to a whole new level, to a whole new level of impossibility, just to like make sure some of those Pharisees, who they were, some of them really impressive the way they pulled off that law. But Jesus is like, all right, I'm going to have to tell you this. You've been keeping clean on adultery, good boys, but if you even have a thought in your mind, you're an adulterer. I was Pharisees like, what? How can you control thoughts? We're guilty. And he's like, that's the point. Every one of us are adulterers. Every one of us are fallen tents. The tabernacle of David represents ongoing worship to God. You know, the tabernacle of David was going 33 years under David's rule. Who does that remind you of? The moving tabernacle of David, the son of David, who tabernacled with us for 33 years. Nothing God does is accidental. God wants you to be a walking house of prayer, as Sue spoke to us several weeks ago. We are a walking heart after God. We are the ones who God is speaking over. You will fulfill my purpose. You will do all that's in my heart. David, in his huge blunders, I just listened about him this, this morning. His disobedience got 70,000 people killed in like a day or two from a plague because he numbered the people in disobedience caused the death of 70,000 people. And he was pleading with the Lord, Lord, please stop it. You know, bring it on my, me and my family. These people are innocent. And we all know the story of his murder uh, and adultery and other things too. Yet, 1,000 years after he died, this is what God was saying. David, he fulfilled his purpose in his generation. He did the life that I called him to do. He lived it. He's still the example. And if we ever get it twisted about that, if we ever start to throw some shade on David in our minds or in our words, you better be careful because Jesus is named after him still. 
he's still the son of David. In fact, the last book of the Bible, he says, I hold the keys. How how does he say it? The keys of David? The key of David. He's the son of David. David, I mean, put your name in that. I'm the son of Bob, the son of Piper. Like David was a human and with bigger blunders than most of us. I don't tell me if you've committed murder, okay? That's the kind of honor and dignity he speaks over his people. And we, in our fallenness, in our fallen tent lifestyle, God wants to raise us up. I will build you. I will do this. I will restore. I will raise you up. I will raise up fallen mankind. I will raise up fallen Christianity. I will raise up fallen devoted God seekers. You guys are you guys are some zealous ones. You wouldn't be here if you didn't have some real tenacity and some willingness to be like, alright, God, I don't want to know what's going on, but you have to work with your life. That's the DNA of the people that are left here, the remnant of wealth. <laughs> this is who you are. Be okay with being a fallen tent. And don't you try to raise yourself. What tent could ever raise itself? What lean to shack? could ever pick itself up. I will do this. God has a plan to resurrect you, to raise you from your fallenness. David is also an example of the greatest man, the greatest heart, who still just couldn't do it. But God is going to demonstrate a people that can do it. Because he's going to do it through us. David didn't live in the same time. He tapped into some New Testament stuff, which blows our mind. But he was not, he was still living at a time that's not even worth to be compared to our covenant. And God is going to show off what he's doing. So I basically wanted to tell you that, to speak over us. We are the fallen tent of David, and God is going to raise up, raise us up. We are the fallen men and women after God's own heart. That's who you are. You guys are people after God's own heart. But we collapse. And if you don't think you've collapsed, just, just start to entertain the idea, and then it'll help you find out. I will do it. I will do these things. Why am I going to do it? So that the remnant of mankind may seek me. Why does he want a house of prayer? So it will be a place where the nations, the many ethnos, all different colors, shapes, sizes, countries, everybody can engage with me and seek me. He's like, I am going to make you a continual Jesus pulsating life of continual worship 
a continual house of creativity. Your own creativity. Your own heart from God. Your own car. He wants something specific from you. Specific. David is a man after God's own heart. You are a person after God's own heart. You have a piece of his heart that nobody else does. And he wants it beating rhythmically and supplying blood and being a continual beacon. An ongoing tent for people to come in your presence and be underneath your dwelling and to be like, oh, I'm engaging with God. I, I didn't know God was real. I didn't I didn't engage with him. I thought, you know, he was hoping I'd live a good life. The remnant of mankind are waiting for you. There are people crying out for the tent of Bob. There are people crying out for the tabernacle of Craig. The booth of Megan. There are specific people with specific names crying out for Gabriel's house. Father, I thank you that you will raise these tents, these tents of John Edward, these tents of Sue, these tents of Robin, these tents of your divinity people. You will raise them. And I declare that no one in here can raise themselves. And I break off the spirit of self-righteousness. I break off self-sufficiency. I break off dead religion. I break off the spirit of Galatians. In Jesus' name, I declare you are fallen. And I declare over you, my precious people, you are fallen tense. You're sweetly broken. You have fallen and been crushed to pieces. You have been shattered on the cornerstone of Christ Jesus. You're in the best place possible. In your broken tent place. Your fallenness. Because I only raise that which is dead. I only resurrect that which has been buried. So come forth, my people. Not just Lazarus. Not just Lazarus. Come forth. Rise, you tents of David. Live and move and be a place for the remnant of mankind. For the Edomites, those who are so ready to flesh, so they can come. And they can become those of the house of God. The ones you call by your name, God. The ones who you know their names right now who will come and be a part of the tents of individuals in you. I bless their tents in Jesus' name. Alright, next week, Friendsgiving, bring something more than your beautiful themes and your tents. Be like Abraham. With his tent, he offered massive amounts of food. If you go back and kind of read the actual measures that he fed his guests, it's absurd. I'm not going to try to do math. It's like, it's like, for ours and part of it.
It's like, it's crazy. It's like being popular. <laughs> Alright. Love you guys. See you then.